All right. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to our Wednesday briefing. Today is October 12th, and my favorite time of the year. How's yeah. everything with you, year, miss? Uh, good. It's a good time of the year. Uh, I, last week was the week I finished the work in the river. Mm-hmm. So um, I sent a message here earlier today saying, like, I, I swear it's more work. <laughs> being at home here taking care of everything than it is being away but it's it's very nice it's nice to be able to sort of just get up early in the morning have a cup of coffee get the dogs fed get the day going going out training the dogs if if uh, that's what the ske- ske- schedule for the day is or just <clears throat> do all the other things that need to get done it's very satisfying but it's also sort of like some days i don't really know what to do but there's a million things to do so it's over a bit overwhelming all right yuri it's right in that middle it's right on the kind of coast business of kind of winter and autumn and like just that small little crossover it's like you know the campfires have to get a little bit bigger and all the winter layers are starting to make a comeback and the nights are getting a little bit closer you know but i think yeah at least for me anyway it's quite a rewarding sort of time of the year isn't it so like it's kind of uh mentally kind of switch over to a, a different kind of pace and a different wardrobe even once the um once we have a good layer of snow i think uh i'll uh switch that over because until then there is so much to do to sort of be able to reap the rewards of of your work to be able to uh, do other type of work re- essentially in winter and to prepare for winter and it is the work of not preparing for winter that is the reward <laughs> yeah for sure oh, and, and by the way for anybody listening um, I was just thinking about it today actually it will be worth mentioning that we do actually have an episode that we recorded last winter on cold weather and how to dress for it and we talk about heat yeah. and the different ways that we can lose it from our bodies uh it was episode 48 and it was a really fun one actually and we got a lot of response from it so uh recommend anybody who's looking to get some sort of insight into the coming winter and if you want to up on gain some knowledge or maybe catch up on some knowledge that you might already have on cold weather and layering then definitely worth checking that one out or just send a message to us yeah that also works. Before we kind of kick into it, I will say that we've got a few new Patreon supporters. Thank you very much, guys. We'd like community now is really starting to grow and it's really nice. Uh, um, I wanted to welcome Jonathan Hampshire, Daniel Collins, Ernst Lewandowski, very cool name, and Paul Manning. And I've reached out to all of you guys uh, for your addresses so I can send you those patches. So as soon as you guys get back to me, I'll send them out to you. So thank you for the support. It's so much appreciated. Um, and also for anybody interested in signing up, uh, you can do so in the link in our bio or by going to our patreon.com forward slash trial by fire podcast. We've got bonus episodes up there now, discussions about upcoming episodes, uh, gear and book recommendations. And today we just brought out, the, or yesterday actually it was, sorry, uh, we just brought out the second part of our deep dive episodes into bushcraft knives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope you guys are enjoying that if you've been listening. Uh, get over there and support us if you can. Very much appreciate it. What are we talking about today, man? I guess it's a it's a, it could be an episode in itself, but the uh, 
crossover this is sort of how we framed it mm-hmm. the crossover skills to bushcraft or the skills from other outdoor mm-hmm. activities or doesn't even have to be outdoor activities that is relevant for bushcraft but i sort of had this thought now like it's in 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 one way it's sort of you you, you can specialize in doesn't matter what you do outside you can specialize it in such a way that you sort of in my opinion and uh, if you specialize in something in the outdoors don't take this as an insult or anything like that but in my opinion there's a lot that i would be missing out if i would become too specialized and too good at one thing if that makes sense yeah wasn't it uh jamie when we had when we had him on he was talking about uh jack of all trades is a master of none but better than a master of none i think that's the phrase yeah so yeah i agree with you and and you know it's funny because you and i have kind of had this conversation a bunch of times and i'm kind of not really still satisfied with the answer we've ever come to and it's about uh, before you sort of talk about the peripheral skills around bushcraft or what kind of cate- is categorized as bushcraft and what isn't like uh, like, you know, let's say hunting and things like that to kind of round out your knowledge. But what does that actually mean? Like, what does the term bushcraft mean specifically? I think that's different from what it means to you, which, you know, for everybody, it's a different thing because, you know, for some reason, people, it's a way to distract them from their weekday jobs. For other people, it's a means of earning a, li- a living. So that's not kind of what I'm, what I'm talking about. I suppose on a fundamental level, before you start sort of breaking down sort of like well this is outside of the remit of bushcraft or that is outside but you know how do we i i find it difficult to focus on the actual term itself and what it actually specifically means and what it doesn't mean and i think that's a question that's baffled a few people i think yeah it seems like they have never never ending never ending question like in some of the swedish outdoor forums on facebook and, and and things like that you every now and then you get the question like i've seen this thing bushcraft what is it right and then right. you get a number of different answers and uh, in one way i guess like most of them or all of them are correct as well like it's and it, it is also quite beautiful in that way that this thing we call or refer to as bushcraft it is quite fluid as a thing for me at least and of course within bushcraft if you want or like uh, outdoor life or uh, however you want to frame it like it bushcraft will give sort of people give people a general idea of what is that you're talking about uh, outdoor life is even more vague than bushcraft is um, but in my head at least they are fairly similar uh, one allows uh, a little bit more what is called interpretation and judgment based on who you are as a person what that might mean so outdoor life let's say that you're dressed as a clim- climber and you uh, say that you know I, I like to be outdoors and and live the outdoor life just for argument's sake your mind might go to like all right this person like to be in the mountains probably might like climbing and things like that 
but if you say that you're into ultra like yeah if you're into bushcraft then it's like all right this person likes this 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 but within within mm. within bushcraft or outdoor life of course there's you can look like a climber and be super into bushcraft uh and the yeah. the other way around i guess as well so it, it's it's more of an umbrella it's more of a beautiful umbrella term i guess for me to encompass so many different aspects definitely and i think that the 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 idea of a sort of a uniform there is interesting wherein we make assumptions based on people the way in which people dress outside that they choose to how they choose to interact with outdoors so someone like you said who's like super ultralight maybe a climbing setup or that you know uh, a couple of having a couple of kind of uh, climbing pole or kind of walking poles and stuff with them you get a fairly good sense of the type of person that they are the type of way that they like to interact outside whereas someone wearing you know the big smock and the sort of the the axe and stuff it's like okay i can understand that you're not a you're not a, an ultra distance walker you're you're someone who likes to sort of live in the woods and i think both of those things are valid but i suppose what that's a slightly different conversation in my mind because that conversation is about the, the different ways that people enjoy nature which are again are all valid but when you were talking specifically about acquiring a skill set mm. like let's say that climber like for example like mm -hmm. would you consider climbing skills as a um, like as part of the umbrella that is bushcraft skills would climbing skills be considered important in bush in a bushcraft scenario and if so why and if not why as opposed to you know why would climbing be any more important than canoe skills for example because canoeing is pretty much revered in the bushcraft scene as almost like an ex an essential skill set the ability to move across water in a boat but i wouldn't say that climbing has the same sort of prevalence or reverence within the bushcraft community and i think that's down to the sort of the narrative that's played out across time or what the sort of the story that's painted of a certain type of person, let's say a bushcrafter, for example, you know, and I would want, and I would wonder where those kind of things yeah, come from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, th I think you, the word you chose there is sort of telling of all of this, what is important. So mm. then you can start to question right. like, skills for each individual what is important for them and are they allowed to call it bushcraft like what what is their framework that they have to fall in under because mm -hmm. for some people just for argument's sake uh, they like to climb but they do uh, like i'm doing air quotes now bushcraft too okay. so they might get to the crag <laughs> they might set up for the climb they might you know might might want to have a, a cup of coffee or uh -huh. something so they, they'll they'll do a fire in a air quotes again bushcraft right. way and then they climb right both of those things are going hand in hand for their their personal outdoor enjoyment and experience so in that case it's definitely important to enhance their outdoor experience now skills in 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 climbing uh it depends on how nitty-gritty nitty down to details you want to go on mm -hmm. climbing as a sport or, or um, which type of climbing, if it's sport climbing, if it's trad climbing, uh, glacier, winter, ice climbing, like all of these things, mm -hmm. there's 
as you, as you as you might might know, there's a whole umbrella under it's climbing is an umbrella term in itself. Right, exactly. So there's exactly. 100% crossover skills when it comes to knots, handling rope, being out in exposed climates. Uh, natural one navigation. could argue that a person natural navigation. One could argue that a person that likes to go ski mountaineering, which probably would fall in under climbing and skiing, uh, are exposed to elements in a way that a um, average bushcrafter, air quotes again, uh, exposed mm. to elements that that person would not be exposed to. So if you're exposed to very harsh elements and then you take it down into a forest environment, then you have a completely different frame of reference of, okay, what's really bad? So this wind down here, maybe not so bad. I know how to deal with it. Uh, I know how to deal with this because I have this experience in my, in the back of my head. So the, the, the question of, of what's important uh, for bushcraft is, I guess in one way, like problematic because it, tries to frame something a little bit too harsh i guess i don't i don't know it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a it's a super interesting like philosophical thing in and around what bushcraft is because it's such a big it's such a big umbrella it is and i think again it come and like this kind of conversation is a little bit sort of we were kind of talking about peripheral skills but actually i think the 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 definition of bushcraft kind of sets that pace then doesn't it it's like what kind of sits outside of that remit and Mm. For all intents and purposes, I think the definition that we have come to sort of accept is sort of like what has been constructed by a certain group of people in a certain part of the world that considered these skills important, like we were saying. So, I don't know, like campcraft, uh, building shelters, um, you know, slide making cutlery, firelighting, rope making and cordage skills, tree and plant identification. I suppose that falls under like edibles and medicinals and stuff as well. So first aid and then, you know, natural navigation, which as we know from last week's episode, that is a lifetime of knowledge in and of itself. Um, But I think any book that you pick up that has the word bushcraft on the cover, um, more often than not, like, the chapters are pretty much based in some way, shape or form into like those categories. Mm. I mean, there is are exceptions, of course, but you're very rarely going to get a chapter on dog sledding, for example, or, uh, you know, uh, climbing or something like that. It's going to be, this is how you light your fire. This is how you make cordage. This is how you, you know, identify trees and this is how you navigate using the sun, etc. And, you know what? It's kind of fun to like try and break out of those molds sometimes and see. And that's where I think the cr- the conversation with crossover becomes interesting because you start picking up pieces of kit, you start picking up skills that maybe wouldn't tr- like necessarily always be considered part of that conversation, but they inform your and round out your sort of knowledge of the outdoors and your knowledge of and your skill set of being outside. Like, let's say dog sledding, for example, like. I remember last year, like showing Hannah a knot that I had learned purely from the bushcraft world. Hannah has been dog sledding her whole life, essentially, um, or at least her whole adult life. Yeah, yeah, and, that's more correct. You know, a weekend together, and we've we've shared, we've crossed skills, and we've shared skills with each other. And likewise, she taught me how to use the dog sled. So, like, which of those 
is more sort of valuable than the other well it's completely subjective isn't it yeah yeah and i, I mean and that's where the, that's where the beauty is in my opinion exactly and the cr- the, the crossover scales like okay um no my, my mind is racing but let's go over to some like different activities that uh for example from my experience has had very very valuable what's called knowledge that i can bring into bushcraft with i'm just going to say one more thing in regards to this all of these things of, of labeling it bushcraft or climbing or whatever it is it's of course uh important for an understanding of what you're talking about but there's a lot of things that could also just fall in under general outdoor life and mm-hmm. going from bushcraft to canoeing to dog sledding to hunting to fishing it doesn't necessarily need to change kit, uh, clothing, all of these things. You could basically have the same essential thing throughout a wide uh, array of activities that you're doing. Then there's specialized things, of course. But uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess the definition of, of when do you do something versus when you do something else is a completely different conversation, but I find that interesting as well. But back to to um, what's called crossover skills. I a friend of mine when I went to guide school, we sat down and decided to sort of write down things and skills a a uh, well rounded and well educated outdoor guide should have. And uh, I think we can still, or I think we can still. I think we're still writing okay. that list number sure. of years later. <laughs> There are so many, so many things that are not just soft skills. There's hard skills as being a good snowmobile driver, having a basic understanding of how a snowmobile works if anything breaks down. So having basic mechanical skills, having basic woodworking skills, having an understanding of... um, Oh, I, I I never I never remember what it's called in English. Where you basically use something for leverage. Oh, okay, yeah. If you like need to I, lift a snowmobile, you have to have an understanding of, you know how. Gotcha. Yeah, mechanical engineering. Yeah, like how to build how to how to build a winch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Campfire cooking, uh, first aid. You know, like the list can go on and on and on, and all of these things we defined in and around as being an outdoor guide what it what it, like what it, what it, what is the difference between a well-rounded outdoor guide and a bushcrafter then because you can use all these skills to your advantage no matter what your outdoor activity is and how you define it well i think um for sure it's a really good question and i do think the the answer somewhere lies in what the intention is at the end of the day or what the sort of intention of that person is at the end of the day. So to be in, an, a, let's say, in my mind, like sort of these crossover skills and being a well-rounded sort of outdoors person, what the person or what, at least for me, I guess the ultimate goal in the back of my head at some point would be some sort of um, competency when it comes to self-sufficiency in nature. Um, and the, the I suppose the ultimate state of that is, you know, being off the grid, someone like, you know, Dick Pernicky or, or, you know, Sean James or someone like this, who they're basically living completely self-sufficiency off the grid, using only their own skills to build their homes, to like 
get their food, to procure their water, to keep themselves clean and hydrated and safe and all those kind of things. Like that's that's a well-rounded outdoors person, but they, I very much doubt they ever used the B word, mm. you know. Um, and it can be it can be frustrating when those skill sets or disciplines are sort of misunderstood and they kind of get distorted. Like, for example, I saw someone recently who lives in a house in the countryside in Sweden refer to their home as like an off-grid homestead. And like someone who has, you know, zero homesteading skills, from what I know, perhaps maybe some fundamental bushcraft skills, definitely, but those two things are definitely not the same thing. Or survival skills, for example, you know, um, anybody who served in the military will tell you that survival skills and bushcraft skills, they're not the same thing. So getting yourself out of danger or potentially life-threatening experience is a totally different mindset from, you know, <laughs> thriving in a natural environment. But those two terms get used interchangeably constantly. But it's important crossover skills. Definitely, for sure. But they're not the same thing. So like a tool, for example, like you very often will see, not very often, but sometimes you will see like a knife being marketed as a survival and bushcraft tool. It's like, man, it's like their mindsets. The two of those things are completely different mindsets. Yeah, they can probably be used for those, both of those things. But like, I don't know, it's just a weird, it's a weird sort of thing where like in one of those situations, you want to get out of that space as quickly as humanly possible. And if you have to, you'll burn the whole goddamn forest down if it means your life is going to be saved. And the other one is about, you know, uh, wanting to spend time in nature to understand it, to like be feel part of it, to sort of get you know baselining like we talked about with toby corn you know so they're completely different things and i think as well as having an umbrella term i think it's also important to make sure that we know what isn't the same thing as bushcraft or or homesteading or survival you know so these terms can also um they also need to be i think carefully used as well for a time from time to time you know yeah yeah for sure but now now we're back on on trying to define it again which i guess conversation about crossover skills is is also trying to define something to then decide what is a crossover skill and what falls in under whatever term you like to use right Uh, right exactly but i I can like from from my perspective where i am now and this is a constantly changing and evolving thought process of what i see as sort of bushcraft or general outdoor life and things like that um it includes hunting, fishing, trapping, all the sort of basic um, bushcrafty sort of typical things for sure. But for mm-hmm. me, it mm-hmm. also uh, encompass homesteading to a certain degree. Um, and that in uh, that term in itself is, uh, animal husbandry, growing your own food, understanding the seasons, understanding the weather, understanding uh, what microclimates exist in and around your yard, understanding bugs, understanding which are good, which ones are good for you, which ones are maybe uh bad for some of the plants understanding soil quality like so there's all of these things that are for me in my position here that is cross there are crossover skills but then we can look at like those are of course Mm -hmm. hard skills but there are so many soft skills that are crossovers that it's extremely hard to sort of 
point someone in the in the direction of what is what is the soft skill that they can utilize in in the outdoors for them because any work life experience that they've had if it's been a you know rough patch of something or you know it's been good whatever it might be there is a way or at least for me and this is purely for me personally there is a a way that i sometimes try and sort of make sense of it and how i can relate it to being outdoors my way of being outside is very much trying to relate to other experiences that i've had so if i'm in a snowstorm with the dogs if it's in a mountain like a couple years ago we were in winter there was a snowstorm in the mountains i had been in those mountains before but not with dogs so my relation to dealing with this was not necessarily uh to deal with the snowstorms but it was to deal with the dogs because i knew where we were all the time so that was relating another experience a soft skill to where you are now to not sort of panic and freak out and then i suppose you're what you're talking about there then is a potential survival situation so actual survival skills come in a soft skill under survival category could be something like survival thinking you know situational awareness assessment prioritization all of these things technically fall under uh survival situational situations where you know like siri training and that's one of the first things i think about so in that regard, you're kind of your idea to like know which like thing to prioritize, although it might come instinctually, is actually a survival skill set that you're kind of taking into account there, even though the hard skills are the dog sledding are the, you know, are those things. So a situation or sort of a, a way in which that we can kind of tie all these things together. And I think organically they come together beautifully when you start stacking those skill sets together. Yeah. And, um, and being it can be interchangeable. And being aware of it i guess i guess that's sort of that that's i guess the essence of all all the things that i've been being trying to say here without really rea- realizing it myself it to 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 understand which crossover skills that you have it doesn't need to be hard skills it might be things that no one will be able to tell you like this is what you have uh, or this is the experience you've had so you can go for it this way it is to look back at your experiences, reflect over the skills and knowledge you have and how it can relate to the outdoors. Even the most sort of obscure experience or knowledge that you have might be useful for you in the outdoors as well. Definitely. I mean, even something as intangible as, let's say, uh, leadership skills that you might develop and work from having, you know, having to work having suddenly being promoted and you've got a team of people under you helping you in a in a survival situation or in you know that's just one example and i'd be really interested to know if people are listening to this let us know what what, like have a think about it write down and i think i'm going to do this myself because i think it's an interesting task to like write down your skill set and the things that you feel like you're good at things that maybe outside of your sort of bushcraft or outdoor skills like what sort of skills do you have in your normal day-to-day job? Maybe it's baking skills. Maybe it's cooking skills. Maybe it's first aid. Maybe it's putting out fire. You know, whatever it might be. I would really love to know. Um, or interests. Or interests, I mean, it exactly. Could be interests as, as well as skills. But it, it's, it's a, a, as you probably understood, like uh, 
we thought this would be an easier conversation to have of crossover skills but it is so hard to like like we said it's so hard to have a crossover skills discussion without trying to define something right or maybe defining right, exactly, it yeah. is also it's the first step <laughs> uh not doing it yeah but maybe it's not doing it justice either because no, how exactly. much should you put in in under one umbrella and it's right. like maybe better just to call all these things different things and right. uh go with that I don't, sure. I don't know like it, it's it's really it's really interesting but yeah let, let us know what what your thoughts are, are on crossover skills if there's a a uh, piece of knowledge nugget that you've taken from somewhere else that is not to do with outdoor life or bushcraft or whatever you want to call it and how you are using it when you're out i always love them i love those skills they're like more fun to me because you get the same stuff in the books the whole time you know the essential skills but then somebody drops a nugget from their you know their whatever it might be and i they're just i always find those pieces of information to be the most sort of fun uh, to kind of find out so let us know and i actually think there's probably a potential to have a part two of this because it is such a kind of a um, it's it's quite an in-depth conversation to have and i think maybe half an hour doesn't do it justice so perhaps next week we can kind of continue this conversation um based off maybe some of the kind of comments from you guys mm-hmm. listening that could be an option yeah for sure um but yeah i mean until until next week Jeremy, do you have anything final to add on this sort of before we kind of wrap it up this week if i add something it's gonna end up being another 30 minutes so i think uh, we'll have to keep it at at this <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough fair enough um well guys i hope uh, this is an informative conversation and i as i said feel free to get in touch let us know we always love the comments the feedback loop between the interviews or sorry between the the episodes and you guys is is really fun um so yeah get your comments in and in the meantime uh if you want to check out some bonus episodes as i said you can go to our patreon and check out our new series on knives. We're also going to be doing another one uh, next week. I'm not sure what it's going to be about yet, but it's uh, it's it's stacking up to be. Actually, I'm, that's a lie. I do know exactly what it's going to be about, but I'm not telling you. But it's going to be it's going to be fun. <laughs> um, all right. Take care, guys. Have a good week. Take care. <laughs>